Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, taking the emotions out of emotions to manage ADHD. Before we get into our uh, program tonight, I uh, would like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for uh, bringing this show to you. Um, in celebration of that event, we'd uh, like to give you a couple digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, all you need to do is listen to our show. We'll share a secret word uh, a few times during the show, write it down, then uh, listen to another show uh, for its secret word, uh, then send me an email with both secret words to two shows. Uh, the email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad, and they will send you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and a PDF copy of the next edition when it is in print. Our program is being brought to you by Chad again, and we have a little tip that we want to roll for you. When we get done with that, we will uh, run the show. So here we go. If you or a loved one struggle with ADHD, children and adults with ADHD can help. CHAD is the nation's leading nonprofit organization supporting people affected by ADHD. CHAD offers comprehensive programs and services at both the national and local levels. To learn about all the resources and information available to help, visit CHAD.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, so tonight our topic is taking the emotions out of emotions to manage ADHD. The episode of the show goes back to uh, 2011, actually 2010 and 2011, when I saw Dr. Russell Barkley present his uh, construct of uh, ADHD as an executive functioning challenge and uh, largely one of, one of self-regulation. Two things that you need to regulate. One is your attention, which is mostly what everybody looks at symptomatically with ADHD, but also emotions. And at the time, it made kind of some sense to me, but now more than 10 years later, it, uh, uh, there's a lot of invisible things that are going on with ADHD, and we have a tendency to look at the more obvious. But when you pull back the onion a little bit, sometimes you begin to realize that sometimes you're paying attention to the wrong thing in order to manage it. And so today I wanted just to talk about emotions because in my work as an uh, ADHD and attention coach, I've worked with people around emotional uh, self-regulation or dysregulation and uh, about about what we can do to kind of manage it. And one of the things about human beings, unlike other animals, is we actually can change our emotions. And in order to 
to do that. It's helpful if you're aware of emotions and the thinking process and the dynamics. And so today, what I want to try to do is break this down um, in some simple ways so that you begin to understand kind of what's going on. My hope is to gain some hope is that you'll be able to gain some self-awareness and be able to manage things um, a little bit more productively. So let's first begin with the human brain is, is an amazing thing when you think about it. And over the years, I've watched all kinds of documentaries, listened to experts. And one of the things I've come to realize is the, the brain builds like mental models. Um, in one sense, they're incredibly efficient. Like you get a context uh, or a model of looking at something and then you'll use it somewhere else. So for example, um, I know this is the greatest example, but when it comes to computers, if I'm going to go and interact with um, a web browser or Microsoft Word or um, Apple's, uh, I think what they call their version of Word, uh, <clears throat> there's a certain logic to it, like file, print, those types of things. And there's kind of a frame of reference that we look at on that, and um, it's somewhat efficient because it eliminates our need to think. So let me see if I can explain how this plays out. Um, I began to realize is that back in the Windows 7 days is that I would print all the time. I just kind of do it. Well, I was on the road um, at a hotel and needed to, um, to print uh, a boarding pass. And they had Windows 10. And I had a mental model of how things would work. Well, Windows 10 is built very differently from Windows 7. And I sat down and I found myself quickly frustrated um, because I – I was under a time constraint and needed to print my pass, but was not able to find it. And, and what I had realized in my mind was I was used to go up, you hit file, print, whatever. And when I got back, I began to realize is that I had been doing that action for a really long time, almost a repetitive behavior in as much I didn't really think about it. Our brain just kind of program some things in like sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm walking across the room it's pitch black and all of a sudden there's a light switch in my hand and I realize oh my god I, I was thinking about something else but our brain kind of builds these models it's kind of an automated behavior and it's very efficient um, because we take concepts and we learn concepts from you know books and other people and we apply them the challenge really is <clears throat> is an emotion if you begin to listen to the definition of it is a reflexive reaction. When I say reflexive reaction, you go to the doctor, they hit your knee with that hammer, and your leg swings out. It's going to do that every time unless you're expecting it or you're inhibiting it before it all happens. And so when I'm working with people with ADHD, I begin to say, hey, you know, if we begin to think of emotions and feelings as a flexive reaction, it's a reflex, it's automatic, and it's a reaction to something. If we begin to think about that and we begin to analyze it, emotions and feelings, when we have them, are reflexive reaction. And what we do is we jump to models or conclusions. We actually don't think through things and analyze them that they might be different. One of my favorite quotes recently is, uh, thinking is difficult. That's why people judge. And, you know, we all do it. Um, you know, I'm, if I'm watching football on TV or the politics or whatever, um, 
you know, the football coach knows more about the game than I do. The politicians have more inside information than I do, but I have a tendency to jump to conclusions, thinking that I have all the information when I don't. Um, and I think it's really, really important in this that we understand that when you have a feeling or an emotion, what you're doing is skipping over the thinking part and going to a conclusion um, the end point and whatever. And that can be somewhat disruptive in your life because sometimes if you analyze the situation, it might not be what you think it is. Um, so, or what you reacted to. So let me give you an example. I was a high adventure scoutmaster um, as my younger son was uh, moving through his teens and backpacked about 500 miles on the Appalachian Trail. One day I'm walking along and I'm all of a sudden, I look down and I have, oh, oh my God. I, and I, I'm like, what, what's that? And I was having a reflexive reaction. Um, but as I stopped and analyzed what was on the ground, I realized it wasn't a snake. It was actually a stick. Um, and, and, okay, as soon as I realized that, I kind of calmed down and moved on. In that moment, really, the idea of noticing that it was a reflexive reaction because I looked down and it resembled a snake, which is danger, and I had a reflexive reaction it wasn't until I was able to engage my thinking brain and actually analyze it for the facts that they are and realize that it wasn't a snake. It was actually a, snick, a stick, and I wasn't in peril. That happens so fast, um, and it happens like plays out in our life every day like at lightning speed a thousand times over, and the issue really is we don't necessarily realize that we're jumping to these conclusions um until we're aware of it so i'm going to go to break in a second come back but i am going to share last night i was um said a soccer game that my younger son a college soccer game that my younger soccer was playing he plays for division one soccer school and we were playing another team and it turns out the other team had a boy um that actually started my my son and him uh in 2008, went to their first soccer team, and they were on the same team. And in, interestingly, uh, the other kid uh, naturally was more defensive-minded and kind of fell back. And my son was more attack-minded, and he was at the top of the field. Anyway, little did we know <clears throat> back when they were seven that they would be competing against uh, each other in a Division I um, college soccer game at uh, high-level soccer um, 14 years later. And... I was somewhat melancholy and sentimental. I am particularly in these types of situations and um, actually had a picture of the, the two boys when they were eight and like, wow, imagine we would have never dreamed that they would have been today or like we, maybe we dreamed, but we didn't think we'd get there. And I walk into the situation and being sentimental that I am, I was anxious to get a picture of the boys together for comparing and contrasting type things. And of course, at 20 years old, um, at a soccer game with all kinds of other things going on, it wasn't quite, um, they weren't quite as sentimental as I was, um, nor were some of the other people around. And I had to catch myself. I was getting a little bit upset because it meant a lot to me in order to get this picture and bring them together in a chaotic time. And as I noticed that, I began to realize I was getting upset and whatever. And I looked around and said, you know, the facts are is that, hey, this probably isn't going to happen. And I was able to catch a picture of the two boys together on the field during the game. So I had a moment, but it wasn't what I was looking to. But in the moment that I realized I was having an emotional reaction and stepped up and realized, you know, as much as I wanted, it probably wasn't going to happen. I was able to change my emotion around it, but it was the realization that it was an emotion <clears throat> to analyze the emotion 
for what it was and then move past it, kind of like stopping and noticing that that wasn't a snake. It was a stick and I wasn't in peril and allowed me to change that emotion and move forward. Want to go a break. We come back. We're going to kind of move into this a little bit more about talking about emotions, what they are, trying to make them a little bit more tangible to help you kind of remove the emotion from the emotion to manage them. Um, Our secret word tonight is out, O-U-T. Secret word is out. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are having a conversation about uh, emotions and taking emotions out of emotions so you can manage your ADHD. Before the break, I was really trying to talk about how the brain makes mental models to deal with the world because it's efficient. Uh, think of it like this. We, you know, we already invented the wheel, or we figured that out, and we understand how to make fire. Um, those are incredible things that we wouldn't want each person in mankind to learn over, so those things are passed down. But there's also other things that are passed down that are somewhat situational specific that we jump to conclusions and we're not really looking at the, uh, the facts. Um, started talking about how emotions are a reflexive reaction where you don't actually look at the facts. And I gave a couple examples of, of how it kind of plays out. Um, and it does play out in your world probably like 99% of the time. And our show today is really to kind of become witness to this. Um, so moving forward, there's been a few things that I've heard that really kind of reinforce when you start talking about emotions. As earlier I said, you know, thinking is difficult. That's why we judge. I've got a lot of people who will come to me and coach me and say, I feel, I feel, I feel like, I feel like this person's not going to like it. Or I feel, well, whenever you say the word feel, you haven't necessarily always thought through it. Um, you're actually having emotional and jumping to conclusions. Like, I don't want to approach that person because I feel like they wouldn't like it. Um, I won't, don't ask my boss because I don't want to approach my boss because I feel like this. Again, these are situations where you're reflecting um, maybe on a past or emotion and jumping to conclusion, which brings me to the word fear. I have a lot of people come to me and say, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, or I have fear. And there's uh, things I've heard one time, fear, forget everything and run. We've done a show on emotions, Fight, Fight, or Freeze, with Dr. David Now. When you are threatened with your life, uh, your brain, as a survival mechanism, has a reflexive reaction to go to fight, fight, or freeze. So when you are threatened with your life, like maybe a lion or bears run at you, you forget everything and you just run. The forget everything is that symbolic thing is you don't think. You just react. Um, the other um, acronym I've heard is fear is false evidence appearing real. And this is in those situations where 
uh, maybe somebody looks at you and uh, you reflect on your past um, when somebody maybe looked at you in a certain way and it feels like the past and so you jump to a conclusion that the person is maybe judging you negatively or something and I'm not going to say that doesn't necessarily happen but often um, that past um, evidence is, is a situational issue and you're applying it to the wrong thing. Let me see if I can frame this out in a little bit simpler form. I was coaching a college student the other day and he had uh, gone to a class and he had fear taking a test. Well, when he came to me, he didn't really understand his learning modalities and he had been studying by himself um, typically, uh, spending a lot of time in a room doing everything but studying um, because it was difficult for him and he did poorly on a bunch of tests. In working with him, we began to understand um, his learning modalities a little bit and how he's more interactive. And so we changed the study environment. Uh, basically, he would go, got a tutor, would go talk to the tutor about higher level concepts first before he would go through the material. But after you do that, he would have conversations with other people about that information. I've done a lot of shows on working memory and talking about uh, the role of talking out loud and conceptual learning, but needless to say, it was a completely different stance. As he was preparing for the test, he was having a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. And basically, he was having, he had been looking at the evidence of his past um, and applying it to the future. The issue really was, is the way in which he had studied was completely different than what he had done before. And he knew the information much better, yet he was having an emotional reaction um, walking into the test, which when he's in that fierce type state, it's like forget everything and run. He's like paralyzed. So we had to do a lot of reinforcing that, you know, when you go in, the facts are is that you've done something very different this time than what you've done in the past. And sure enough, took the test and did substantially better. Reflecting back on this, that feeling, that fear, um, it feels really, really real. And it's really, really threatening. Yet, in that situation, when we pause and we actually think through and analyze the data is that how he had prepared for the test is very different from what he had done in the past. Um, then we began to realize is that, hey, wait a second, that doesn't mean the past is going to repeat itself. In this case, it didn't. Um, still took a couple more tests for him to kind of uh, gain the confidence and overwrite that. But I'm going back to that emotional judgment is you're jumping to conclusions. Oh, my God, that's a snake. Oh, it's actually a stick. Oh, my God, I'm upset. Oh, I'm actually sentimental. They're not there. I've got to change my emotion around it. Or, oh, I have fear of this test. Well, wait a second. I've done everything a little differently this time, so I shouldn't expect the same results. As we are talking more about this, I hope that you're starting to understand um, this. Um, to digress for a second before we go to break, advertisers prey on this. Um, I live in Tampa, Florida. When hurricanes um, are coming towards Florida, the, the media would have you think that it was like engulfing the entire state. Um, hurricanes are a bit of a challenge, but they're typically not as blown. They're not as severe as the media blows it out to be. And it's interesting. Uh, I think it was last year or something. There was a hurricane that was coming to towards right over Tampa. Um, and the media was on it, and it was interesting because the cone had tracked. And at one point in time, uh, I remember, it was um, 
It was slated to go 40 miles off the east coast of Florida. Now, I'm on the west coast. There's 130 miles across the thickest part where I am, and it's way out there. Basically, it's, it's a non-event for us, yet um, the media and the news, the Weather Channel had it all hyped up, and people were running to get generators and water um, because they weren't necessarily looking. Wait a second. This thing's been moving. It's not there. It's really not an event. Again, often a lot in our world is played off of emotions. Politicians play off of it. Uh, uh, corporate America plays off it, et cetera. Um, and the idea is the more you can become aware of your emotions and step out of your emotions and look back and say, that's an emotion, like my sentimental thing. I'm having an emotional moment. Let me step out of it. Helps you um, become aware of it and manage it. Okay, let's go to break. Well, can you continue some talking about emotions a little bit more and try to make them more of an object? Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, our secret word tonight is out. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We are having a great conversation about emotions and taking emotions out of emotions to manage it. Coaching people to manage their emotions is probably one of the most difficult things to do because it is emotional. Um, look at it very, very differently, and they look at at it emotionally, and so it's not as objective. In other words, it changes. A lot of times, they'll they'll bounce around, well, it feels like this, or it feels like that. It's all the same thing, uh, but it feels different, so they associate it to be different things like frustration or anger and um, uh, the need to be heard. Those are all emotional reactions, reflexive reaction. They feel different, but it's an emotional reaction. In coaching at some people, um, we did an interview with Autumn Zatani years ago um, who runs the curriculum at Sesame Street. And if you want to hear the show, just Google Attention Talk Radio Sesame Street. And we talked about how they um, use the Muppets to help kids begin to um, manage their emotions. How to manage their emotions basically is to feel it in their body. I feel a pit in my stomach or the, my shoulders, the tension or the headache. You notice it, you pause, you belly breathe, you count to three, and then you go brainstorm. That is a very methodical step-by-step 
how to manage your emotions. Um, and it's very, very helpful for some people. Some people to sit and meditate and learn, kind of notice their emotions and just let them go, just let them go, just let them go. Um, today's a little bit different. It's a little bit about noticing what an emotion is more objectively and seeing it for what it is and then letting it go. Um, it's more of an insight. Oh, I'm having this emotional moment. I'm stopping the thinking part. I need to engage the thinking part and I need to engage it. Um, <clears throat> this is a little bit more of a self-awareness. For some of you, this won't work. For others of you, it'll make a lot of sense. Um, another example that I want to use, I get a lot of phone calls from parents um, that have a lot of concerns. Uh, they love their kids who have ADHD, or I'll get a call from a spouse who is with a significant other that has ADHD. And often they're in an emotional state, and they're trying to control the other person. And I've learned for years is you can't control what other people pay attention to. Um, in fact, I have a lot of people come to me and they want coaching, and it's like basically I want you to coach me to get my kid or my, my spouse to do what I want them to do. I'm like, I can't do that. All I can do is coach you and maybe your emotions around it. But it's that feeling of out of control. Sometimes it's that noticing is that you can't control it. And then what do you do about yourself to kind of back out? I've got uh, two major personal things in my life where I've had to learn like, hey, I'm feeling that emotion. I really, really have something that I want to control um, for the benefit of myself or other people, yet I'm not going to have that control over it. And how do I let that go and change my emotion around it? Because if I don't, it's just going to eat me up and I'm likely going to try to control the situation because I want it to be a certain outcome. And when I do that, it becomes threatening to other people and they actually go to fight, fight or freeze and it actually kind of makes it worse. So it's that realization of myself that I've got to pause and, uh, and manage that. Um, another story that I'm going to tell you is uh, just to, to model this. Um, my father was in very, very poor health, um, got to the point in time where my mother couldn't take care of him and it was time for him to go to assisted living facility. So uh, my brother and I showed up one day uh, off. My mom went to church, actually three church services to play organs, but it was my, so my brother's job and my job to take my dad to the assisted living facility. And I tell you, I know my dad, and that's not anything that he would ever want to do. And I began to, before it happened, to think, imagine what it's going to be like. And I, I began to become overwhelmed a little bit about what I would hear and how I would be degraded and et cetera. And, it was a healthy exercise for me because with the anticipation this was going to happen, I began to think about what's my life if I, when it was time for me to go in a facility and I didn't like it um, as I began to think about it. And then I realized that my father was um, losing his freedom and he was going to have an emotional reaction to that. And basically he just didn't like where he was in life. And, and like we all not like that when we're at that stage of life. So I began to realize is that he was going to have an emotional reaction to us putting him in the facility, but I began to realize is that he was going to have a reaction. It really wasn't going to be to me. It was really to life. And that if I held that in mind when I was there, um, it was a way for me to manage it. So we show up, my mother leaves and it's time. And my brother and I engaged my father and it was as horrific um, 
ex, like what he started to, to do to fight this was everything I thought of being more. Um, in the process, my brother is sobbing like a child as we're trying to get him physically um, there. While this was happening, my father was ranting at me, and I just kept saying, he's mad at life. He's just mad at life. Well, I'm same thing. It's just, he's having an emotion. He's having an emotion. I stepped out of it. We got him to the facility. We came home. And all in all, it was, a, it was a tough day emotionally, but still I was able to sit there and say, you know, my father loves me. He's always loved me. He's done some incredible types of things. He's just not very happy with life right now, and I just happen to be the face of it, and he's getting upset at life, not me personally. Well, I'm telling you this story because he goes into the facility, and he's got, he had a lot of complicated meds. They started to manage it instead of him, and his head cleared up, and five months later they say he, he's got to go home. He doesn't belong here, so I had to go pick him up and basically bring him back. As I went to pick him up, I was thinking about this experience and what was going to happen. And sure enough, um, I grabbed my father. We went to lunch. We talked about when he went home uh, that he was going to have to do a little bit more helping out with my mom because she just wasn't able to take care of him. Uh, but my father never said a word and we were fine. And the point of this story is to make this human to you is that in realizing that emotion was just an object and stepping out of it and not getting caught up in the emotion, I was able to manage it, I think in a healthy way, and um, not get wrapped up into it. So they say, you can see an emotion, you can step out of it, but you don't have to invite it in for key. Uh, meaning you don't have to sit down and commune with it. You can just see it and choose not to, to do with it, to deal with it. <clears throat> in order for for me to be in that state of mind with my dad, I had to mentally prepare myself um, and step out of my emotions and see it was just emotional reaction. So I want to start to pull this together. The point of this show today is if you have ADHD, um, two things to realize. Number one is when you say, I feel, or I whatever, you're going to emotional reaction, and often it's better to pause and step back and take a look at what's going on. Um, you know, if you feel rejection a lot, well, do they reject me because they rejected me or they don't – like if you ask somebody, let's go to a movie, and they said no. Well, maybe they don't like the movie. Maybe they've got some other things that are going on. Uh, maybe they don't like to go to movie theaters. There's all kinds of reasons that could be there, but conclusions were not necessarily analyzing thinking. The other part that I want you to realize is that – I'm going to go back to that first quote that is really interesting. People – Thinking is difficult. That's why we judge. People with ADHD thinking, it's become clear to me, it's effortful. It's very hard for you to think inside your head and so hard that uh, you want to escape. When you're thinking outside your head, out, interacting with people or, 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 or making it visual, which is a whole other thing that I listen to um, a lot of our shows on working memory and begin to understand why it's so much easier. But there's a difference between thinking inside your head and thinking outside your head. And... Uh, as a coach, I see it all the time. People have an emotional reaction when it requires a lot of effortful thinking. All you want to do is escape to anything. <clears throat> if you are procrastinating, that's an emotional reaction. I find a lot of times that most times actually people, when they're procrastinating, there's something that's ambiguous. Since they don't know what to do, they don't know how long it's going to take, they don't know where something is, or they can't hold in their working memory, those are, those are objective things that you have to address. If you don't address them, you're not going to get it done. 
Yet all too often we jump to the conclusion and we label ourselves procrastinator, which is name calling, which you can't treat ADHD through the lens of shame and blame. I do a lot of work with people like, let's back up. Give me, tell me what you're procrastinating on. Let's deconstruct it and find the legitimate reasons why you're not doing it, and then let's solve for those problems. I have a lot of success doing that. But if you think about it, it's basically let's get the emotions out of it. Let's dig in and find out what's really at issue. And so and that's a big challenge for people with ADHD is actually thinking. So it looks like a focus problem, and it is. But a lot of times you have an emotional reaction because thinking is so difficult, and so you go do something else. If you solve for the thinking part to make it a little bit easier, you don't have the emotional reaction, and you stay on task. Okay, so today was really a lot about just kind of delving into emotions a little bit, breaking them down, sharing a pattern of pausing, pausing and thinking, pausing and thinking. But it's actually looking at more factual-based stuff as a means to downregulate and to change your emotion around it. Again, some of you will like, wow, this is going to be great. Others of you will struggle because you're more emotional around it. But again, I wanted to provide this show and some insight for those um, that this would speak to. So with that, I hope you found this helpful. If you want to learn more, just Google Attention Talk Radio Working Memory. I've got a lot of stuff on that. Attention Talk Radio Fight, Flight, or Freeze. Attention Talk Radio Sesame Street. done a lot of shows on it in different forms. Hope you found this helpful. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.